You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for this week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Drew Dixon. Drew gives leadership to the Explore the Bible students team. Drew, thank you for being with us today as we look at session five of our study of Job and Ecclesiastes this summer. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, Drew was with us uh, a couple weeks ago when we uh, looked at an earlier section of Job. Today, we're looking at Job 36, verses 8 through 23. This is on the heels of Elihu. He's uh, another person that's introduced. He gets introduced to us in chapter 32. He seems to be kind of sitting on the side waiting his turn, listening to everything's going on, and then he jumps in and gives his perspective. So here's this passage. We have these three ideas, is that there's purposeful discipline, judgment is coming, and justice is seen. Here in this first section, verses 8 through 11 of chapter 36, we have this idea of purposeful discipline. Elihu explained that God reveals to humans their need to repent. God makes it possible for them to listen, especially in times of suffering. He reminded Job that if he were to repent, then God would once again bless him. The main point here is that believers must examine their lives for sin in which they need to repent. The second point is that judgment is coming, and that's in verses 12 through 16. In this section, Elihu reminded Job that those who choose to ignore God face his righteous judgment and death. He concluded by proposing that God uses suffering as a means of in inducing repentance. The main point here is that we must be informed of the consequences of choosing to ignore God. The last section, verses 17 through 23, is entitled Justice Seen. In these passages, Elihu called for Job to learn from the suffering he was enduring and the discipline being administered by God for Job's trust in riches. Elihu pointed to God's greatness as a source of wisdom and hope. The main point here is that believers can trust God to be just in his dealings with humanity. Uh, when we looked at session one, which is four weeks ago now, uh, we looked at this idea about God disciplining us for our sins. How do we know when we're being disciplined for our sin and when it's something else. We've talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago, but this gives us an opportunity to rediscuss that and rehash that. Drew, how would you answer that question? How do we yeah. know when we're being disciplined for our sin? I think it requires uh, humility, right? And, uh, and wisdom to know when that's happening. Um, because, you know, we see lots of examples in the Bible of people suffering actually because of their righteous, you know, their righteousness. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate example, but we see Paul, we see Peter, we see um, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You know, we could go on and on about these people who were faithful and actually suffered in part because of their, because of their faithfulness. So, um, you know, Job is one of the best books you can look to if you want to debunk the prosperity gospel um, <laughs> because he's a faithful guy and things go horribly wrong in his life. Um, so, um, you, you yeah, I think that, uh, there's a, there's a quote in the personal study guide and in the leader guide, it's on, uh, it's on page 49 in the, in the personal study guide. And it's on day one in the section underneath day one for the daily discipleship guide. 
it's at near the end of the of the, uh, the, the the content there. And here's what it says: It says Job suffered because there was no one else on earth like him, a man of perfect integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. In other words, instead of suffering because he was unrighteous, he was suffering because he was righteous. Mm-hmm. And the irony of that is the friends who were sitting there talking to him should have been asking themselves, if Job's suffering, why aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, that's why Satan identifies Job. Um, uh, and God identifies, well, God brings him up to Satan, right? And says, look, look at my servant Job. I mean, this guy's super faithful and, and righteous in the way that he lives. And the, and the Bible would bear this out if we're faithful to our calling to proclaim the gospel to to live for christ like we're we're gonna we're gonna be persecuted we're gonna suffer sometimes um so but i think like to to back back to the question it requires Uh humility and i think because sometimes we do face difficult situations and sometimes we do suffer because of our own foolish actions and, and attitudes and and when that happens like we need we we just need the lord to humble us right we need um we need to ask God to say, you know, help me to see whether, hope, open my eyes to see whether I'm suffering because I live in a broken world or I'm suffering because um, I did something I shouldn't have or I my attitude needs to change. Um, you know, that's, I, that's one of the important things that Elihu brings to the table is that he reminds us that suffering can be a time to learn a lot about ourselves. And, and where our own heart and where our own faith currently is. So it's a test for us. At the, in, yeah, I think say. so. Do you see that as the biggest purpose behind surfing? Yeah, I mean, certainly um, that's the biggest benefit. Does Job present us with a, a greater good defense for suffering? I'm not sure. But I know that Elihu sort of stands out from the three other friends in the sense that he brings some new, he actually brings some new ideas to the table. And one of them is oh, yeah. this idea that, that hey, suffering can be an instructor. Um, and I, I think of like First Peter 1, where Peter says that trials, various trials can have this effect of purifying our faith, like the idea of gold being purified in the in the furnace and it gets so hot that the impurities can begin to rise to the surface so they can be pulled out and that gold can be made of a higher carrot you know value a higher value um more precious and so i think god does that in our suffering as he uses it as an opportunity for us to go like okay where are my priorities where what do i value because even if even if you're not um at fault in any of the suffering that you're going through there's still an opportunity there to go like, okay, what do I, what really matters to me in life? Is it, you know, wealth or prestige or, or, or um, influence or popularity, or is it, or is it the glory of God? Is it, is it, you know, the good of my neighbors? Is it things that actually re- relate to the kingdom of Jesus? To answer your question, I think suffering is an opportunity for, for growth, at least. Yeah, the, the, the uh, group plans, call for us to, when we're looking at this particular idea, to look at Genesis 50, chapter 20, which is from the life of, of um, Joseph. Yeah. Joseph, yeah. Uh, look at here in Job, and then from John 9, uh, which is the, the, the man who was born blind, but God healed. Hey, I want to know who, who sinned, this man or his parents. Yeah, that's right. And those all remind us that not all evil that we see or bad things that we see however you want to word it in this world not i wouldn't i don't want to use the word evil but 
challenges that are faced, not all of them are because of a direct result of sin, but some of them are things done that, in a way that, number one, God's refining that person, or he's putting together a situation that gives that person the opportunity to bring him honor and bring him glory that they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Yeah, and I know we know from like Romans 8 that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But that doesn't mean we will always understand uh, how he's working things for our good or that, um, you know, that, that that's always that he, an easy verse to quote when we're talking about somebody else. Right. Yeah, for sure. And exactly. And, uh, you know, we we may not understand it uh, ever this side of eternity, what the good was that God was working in the midst of that situation. But it is still a promise we can hold to, I think, that. Um, you know, we, we may not understand it, um, and it may not even outweigh, in our minds at least, it may not outweigh, outweigh the bad, <laughs> you yeah. know? We may not see how it outweighs the bad in our lives, but, but we can trust that it does. Along those same lines, and you may have already answered that to some degree, but how can we trust God when we're facing a challenge or a perceived injustice here? Mm-hmm. We talked about that already with some, with some of these other lessons that we've examined, but once again, we see that idea coming up here. Yeah. I mean, I think look to Jesus, right? Um, He's the ultimate example of someone who suffered injustice um, on a level that no one else has, right? Because he's truly sinless. Um, Whereas, you know, Job was, was sinless in the sense that he wasn't being punished for his own sin, but he wasn't a sinless person. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesus, you talk about someone who never did anything wrong lived his life completely and wholly for the glory of God and the good of his neighbor. I mean, lived out the greatest commandment, right? Um, and yet um, was crucified at the hands of sinful, of sinful men. Um, and and uh, I think that's how we get through it. We get through suffering by, by going like, okay, my life is for something much bigger than myself. Uh, my personal happiness is not the ultimate end, ultimate goal of my life. Um, the ultimate goal of my life is to to make much of Jesus, to spread the good news about him, um, and to love my neighbors in a way that points them to Jesus, right? I think I think those those like bigger purposes that the Bible gives us, um, that the gospel gives us, uh, see us through uh, these times when we're just, when things are not fair, and not right and not just. And also like like tied to that, the gospel gives us this tremendous promise that one day God's going to make every wrong right. Like God's going to establish his righteousness on the earth. He's going to he's going to establish this new heavens and new earth where um, righteousness is going to reign and he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. So he's going to acknowledge all the pain and the injustice and and and, and do away with it and heal it. Um, so even though we may not get to see why we had to suffer now um there's coming a day when all that suffering is going to be going to be healed in a really like beautiful and comprehensive way that that goes back to when you were our guest a couple weeks ago we looked at that passage in job 19 where job's declared that he knew his redeemer lives part of that idea of being a redeemer uh, we mentioned then was being a defender but it also has to do with vindicating us yeah and Mm -hmm. you just brought that up in that in that uh in what you just shared which helps us can help us as teachers to remind folks of of what job said here in job 19 and 
what we see here in Job chapter 30, uh, 36, uh, because the same concept is there that one day everything's going to be known, everything's going to be seen, and then true vindication will take place. Um, Elihu, he spoke truth. I mean, what he said is true, uh, that suffering has purposes. There are uh, it should drive us to examine our life, those type of things. But he also misapplied that to Job's life here. How can we make sure that when we're offering truth to someone, that we don't fall in the same trap of placing them in this a category uh, or in a situation that, that even though this is a truth, it's really not what they're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I think, um, we need to remember, like treat people like treat like people <laughs> and not <laughs> projects. You know, yeah. like when someone comes to you and shares about su some suffering they go through, I think I, I have this problem in my relationship with my wife, if I'm honest, sometimes. And I think we all do with our spouses sometimes. Your spouse comes to you and they're frustrated about a situation going on in their life. What do what do we want to do so often? Or at least I do. I want to fix it. We fix it. That's, that's what <laughs> right. guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. Uh, here's the attitude you should have. Here's, here's what you should say to that person to solve this issue or whatever. Um, and, and sometimes we need to slow down and, and really listen. And, um, you know, and, and I think about what we said a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Job's relationship with his three friends. Um, you know, how would things have been different in Job's life in this in, in this situation if one of them had just said like i believe you <laughs> you know and just listen to him and really heard him out um yeah like in so, this case what if elihu had said hey this is the truth there are times when god uses suffering to shape us to mold us to help us think through what our priorities are to to lead us to repentance in some form or fashion instead of saying that's what you're dealing with what if he had said job do you think that that could be something going on. What if he posed it as questions? Yeah, and I think that message uh, that he kind of gives, basically just this reminder that suffering can be an opportunity uh, for growth and that we can learn from it is um, is, is really, really powerful. Um, I remember um, when Matt Chandler uh, had, got cancer. This has always stuck with me. When he got he got brain cancer and, um, you know, he, he talked about, to his church about how like I don't want to waste my suffering. Um, now that's such a powerful uh, message, you know. And I think we ought to have that attitude too when we suffer. Let's not waste it. Let's let's humble ourselves and go like, God, what do you want me to learn from this? How do you want to deepen my faith? How do you want to transform my character? How do you want to use me in this suffering to point other people to, to Christ? Um, and that was, you know, that was his ultimate hope was that God used me through the suffering to point people to Jesus. Um, and that's an important reminder when we're trying to bring this particular lesson to a conclusion is to, to keep that in mind that we don't want to waste the experiences that we have, good and bad. We want to use those in a way that sharpen us, sharpen others, and help us gain a deeper understanding of who God is and who we are in light of him. And I see Elihu as at least, at least attempting to make that challenge. Um, yep. He may not have executed it the way we wish he would, <laughs> uh, yeah. but he was at least making that effort. Any other mm -hmm. insights or thoughts you would share about this passage, Drew? Um, not, not really, no. I think uh, it's exciting to know that uh, 
we're going to hear from God soon in the study of Job. Oh, yeah. Job's been longing. Uh, so it's just a teaser for the next episode, but uh, we're finally going to get to hear uh, God speak after Job's been begging him to, yeah, we, to do We've so. heard 40 so. chapters, or we'll hear, we've heard what, 38, 38 chapters of nothing but them talking, and we're waiting for God yep. to step in, and, and he will. Thank you for being with us today, Drew. I appreciate that. From time to time on the podcast, we mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family, the Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, Quick Source, to just name a few. Uh, you can find out more about these resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. You can also find out about the student resources that Drew works on. And in the future, we're going to have Tim on as a guest as well. Tim Potter works on the, the kids material. You can find out more about the kids resources there as well. That's goexplorethebible.com. I want to thank you for listening to us this week, and we hope you'll join us next week. We'll be looking at session six. Mike Livingston will be joining us again. We'll be looking at Job 41 through 14. We've already given you a little bit of a teaser in that God shows up, gives some responses, and we'll be looking at God's wisdom and power uh, in that study and how it is unfathomable for us to comprehend his wisdom. And power.